I think women have this problem of uh, what we call the double bind, which is if you speak up, you're aggressive and you're abrasive. But if you're quiet and you just listen, then you know, you're, you're not heard and you don't go anywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to the Startup Sweden's series on female entrepreneurship in the Middle East, North Africa, also known as MENA Market. We sit down with some inspiring women, changemakers disrupting industries to hear their stories on what it takes to make it in MENA. You will meet some of the hottest startups and their very ambitious founders. Our goal is to highlight MENA as a potential market in your expansion plans by providing you with insights on opportunities, culture, and trends affecting the region. My name is Maral, I am the head of Nexor Nordic, the neighborhood app, and I'm your host for this series. Hey everyone, in this episode we meet Joy Ajluni, uh, who is the uh, founder of uh, Bonfair, co-founder and CMO of Fetcher. Uh, Joy uh, is a self-made serial entrepreneur and an advisor. Born and raised in California to Palestinian parents, she has built up a reputation for her success in startups and ventures in the worldwide, all the while challenging the status quo of women in business. Her first venture was the e-commerce luxury fashion platform Bonfer, acquired by Moda Operandi, a fashion email giant uh, owned by uh, Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton and Condé Nast, just two years after its launch. In 2015, Joy uh, co-founded Fetcher, the Silicon Valley-backed tech company that was created to tackle the Middle East no physical address issue. The company has raised over 78.3 million in six uh, funding rounds. And uh, the company has also now successfully operates in five countries with over 3,500 workforce. Fetcher has been named number one startup uh, in the region by Forbes magazine. Joy is passionate about using technology to solve persistent issues in emerging markets, as well as empowering women entrepreneurs to break out traditional roles, especially in the Middle East. Just a few minutes ago, I also learned that she's a very funny person. So this is going to be a really nice, <laughs> I can see, I read that you have something called the joy effect as like uh, something in your investing and startup marketing strategy. So maybe that's a good place for us to start. So what is the joy effect and who is joy and how you ended up becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I just want to just start by saying that it wasn't 78 million that we raised. It was a hundred million. We raised over a hundred million dollars and uh, I am no longer uh, the CMO. Uh, I exited uh, Fetcher about two years ago. I've moved on to become a venture capitalist uh, to invest in new startups. So I just wanted to give you a little bit about that. So the joy effect, what's joy effect? Um, you know, I founded two companies, one in Silicon Valley, California and exited. And I founded one here in the Middle East. So I have the really uh, unusual, you know, I guess, uh, resume um, of, of, of starting two companies. And I've had the experience of raising one in, in California and in San Francisco and one here. So the joy effect is really uh, an energy. I'm a big believer in energy. You know, I'm a California girl, but, you know, maybe that's my, my San Francisco background, but Energy is everything. And I really believe in that. So the joy effect is really that relentless spirit 
that bangs down doors, that never stops to get what she needs to do to get it done. Um, but mostly, I think the Jor effect is more about fear. Um, I don't really fear things. And I think fear is probably the number one enemy of any startup company out there. So the joy effect is jumping in with no fear and not really caring uh, what other people think, uh, caring more about what I think of myself. And I call that the joy effect. Oh, wow. That's if I was like listening to you right now and on stage and uh, sitting in the audience, I would tweet that right away. <laughs> <laughs> and And how did you end up? being so fearless what is your story what is your background that ended up, that you became such a successful entrepreneur and now a venture capitalist well truly you know i think the 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 spirit of being an entrepreneur is not caring what someone thinks right i really mean that sincerely because being an entrepreneur is about rejection you know having founded two companies i i mean i've pitched hundreds of venture capitalists looking for money and i've had hundreds of doors slammed in my face Like everybody wants to talk about the success, but nobody understands the pain of being rejected. I mean, if you don't have thick skin, um, then you've got no business being an entrepreneur because you are going to be rejected every day. Your idea is dumb. This is stupid. You're never going to do it. This is ridiculous. There are 50 other people who are doing it. There's no way you're going to succeed. I mean, that's what you hear every day as an entrepreneur. So it's the relentless spirit And again, the joy effect of not caring what other people think um, is really important because you got to really be passionate about your startup and really be excited about it and believe in it. Because if you don't believe in it, you can't sell it. So that's that's part of being an entrepreneur. And I think that's what's gotten me to where I am today. And how did your entrepreneurial start uh, journey started? Well, it started with an idea, right? Usually the best entrepreneurs are solving problems. Like if you see a problem every single day and you're like, oh my God, this is terrible. And you start thinking to yourself, wait a minute, hmm, I've got a, an opportunity to solve this problem. That's really the best startups in the world. There's a problem and you got a solution. That That is always the best way to get funding. Um, so that's how I started. I saw a problem and um, I was able to figure out like, I've got a solution. I can do this better. Um, and those are always the best companies. Yes, definitely. Because there's an obvious reason why you exist. You don't have to do a presentation, nice presentation about it, right? Yep. Uh, and you were born and raised in California. Like you said, you're a Californian girl. Um, you also have an interesting background from uh, Palestinian uh, uh, parents. Mm -hmm. uh, Why did you, I mean, you said that you were in, uh, you had an exit, you had a venture both in uh, US and, and then also in uh, mm -hmm. um, in the MENA region. Why, mm -hmm. why did you decide to move and build a company in that region and not like do the second round again in, uh, in California? Um, great question. Serendipity. Um, I, I love this word flow. It's one of my, I'm going to write the philosophy of joy and her joy effect. But flow, you know, um, you, you know, plans are what happened. Like plans never happen. You can write all the plans you want. But, you know, sometimes something comes into your life that changes your destiny. And that's what happened to me. I was in California after I sold my first company and a bunch of entrepreneurs came from the region and they were like, you know, we were here to raise money. Can you help us? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I was there as a mentor. 
I met my uh, my my future partner, uh, business partner, and I just said, "Look, have you raised any money?" And he's like, "No." And I said, "I love the idea. Let's join forces." And uh, what do you say we try to get some money from Silicon Valley? And he was like, "Okay." We we both loved the story because we both experienced the problem that he was talking about. We were talking about solving the problem of no addresses in emerging markets because half the world's population has no address. So that was our solving the problem, right? Yeah. Um, we we got together and we winded up closing eleven million dollars in funding. And uh, we we got that from, at the time, the number one venture capitalist fund in the world, which was New Enterprise Associates, number one. And that was their first investment in the region. So it was like a really big deal. I mean, we're talking like eight years ago when, you know, the whole ecosystem thing was not here. Like it was barely starting. We were the pioneers on the ground. We were the first ones, you know, back then, eight years ago. It was a very different landscape than it is today. Yeah, you said like the, the, since this was like the second uh, venture, and you sound like it was so easy to raise eleven million for for it. So maybe it would be good to like share the experience that you had on your first venture when you were trying to raise then, and I I don't know exactly how much, but and then uh, for the second one, like if if we can do like the and also was it different because you were already Silicon Valley based or San Francisco California based versus uh-huh. if you were Mena based com- uh, company. Well, yeah, the first one was always hard. Raising money is hard. Doesn't matter who you are. Raising money for any purpose is very tough, right? Even if you're sitting on a gold mine, you know, convincing people that you have something that is 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 going to be an exit, right? Or an IPO is is a very tough value proposition. So, yes, in the beginning, for the first company, it was harder. Uh, for for the second company in the Middle East, it was a little easier because by that time I had a reputation. And they already knew me, right? I already raised money. It's always easier to raise money the second time when you've raised money the first time. Venture capitalists love to to invest in second time entrepreneurs because all the lessons you've learned, all the failures you've done. You know, I I, I don't want to make it sound like it's all glamorous, right? Raising money is really hard. I can tell you that for the thousand conversations we had, we got one that said okay, and and that's what you need. You need one person to take your lead. But until you get that lead, you're talking to a thousand people before somebody takes a bite. It's not easy, not easy at all. And did you face any specific like uh, resistance because it was a MENA based uh, company or they don't care? Oh, no, they care. They care. Yeah, absolutely. Getting money in Silicon Valley is a hell of a lot easier than getting money in the Middle East. Not a question about it. It is very hard to raise money in ecosystems that are underdeveloped because they're they're underdeveloped. So it's 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 very hard, honestly. Raising money in in new ecosystems is not easy. I mean, you know, it's easier for you to pack up your bags and go to California to get funding, and and base your company there than it is to base your company here. Absolutely, it's it's tough, no question. Okay. And uh, did you face any, I mean, uh, challenges when it came to like localization in the Arabic countries or any like cultural? Well, look, um, cultural, no. Um, But, you know, I I don't want to do the whole women discrimination thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's 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 everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. everywhere. Uh, discrimination is is for women. You know, we're fighting for equality in our rights. 
But I can tell you one thing about the Middle East that I have to say. Um, there's not an equality for women, but there's a respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that is really gotten me a long way. Where in the United States, there's no equality and there's no respect. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. At, least, at least you get the respect here. But equality is something I think that is a global situation. I think we're all fighting to be heard, right? I think women have this problem of uh, what we call the double bind, which is if you speak up, you're aggressive and you're abrasive. But if you're quiet and you just listen, then, you know, you're you're not heard and you don't go anywhere uh, where a man is considered, uh, you know, powerful and a visionary and, and he's got great ideas. A woman is like, you know, bossy and opinionated and aggressive. You know, there's that that double bind. So women have to fight that every day. And I and I tell all women, take up space, be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, make to be sure, loud. Be loud. Be be really loud because that's the only way you're going to advance your career. Don't don't care that they think you're aggressive because while you're being aggressive, you're rising to the top. And it's not it's not about being aggressive. It's about making your opinion heard. It's about having an opinion. It's about you know, coming forward and and having something that you believe is going to make a difference for your company. You must be heard. I mean, let's uh, let's break it down. So you you are like a symbol of uh, inspiration to a lot of women. Like just if I read like one, if I Google you, I can read a lot about you and I get like goosebumps and I get inspiration. Like I want, I feel like I want to do it. But if you 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 just said also that uh, raising money in uh, as a let's say as a founder, if I want to uh, start a company and expand or launch it, even start a company in uh, in the MENA region. But w- w- about the fundraising aspect, do you advise then that to start the company there, but raise funds from the Western world first, or like is there any advice you have on a recommendation? I'm going to tell you to get money wherever you can get money. Right. True true entrepreneur. (laughs) Get money wherever you can get money. Right. I don't want to say, oh, get it here or get it there. Just get it. Um, You know, but look, like I said, it's much harder to to raise money in this region. Absolutely. Um, You know, Silicon Valley is the epicenter for startups. The soil, the soil is rich with money. There's plenty of money in Silicon Valley plenty of money to be invested in startups with great ideas. I mean, you go over there, you can meet a a hundred VCs in 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 literally in a matter of a couple of weeks. Here it's tough. Here it's tough. So, and, and by the way, that's not just exclusive for this region. It's all emerging markets that are trying to develop an ecosystem. But it's not fair because Silicon Valley's been around for what, 50, 60 years? If not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And does the do you think that the landscape, the investment landscape, looks like different for women, uh, female-led uh, founders in MENA? Like, is it the extra challenges that they have? Um, I don't. I you know, I don't want to say that it's extra challenging for raising money as a woman. I think it's challenging. I think there's no better or worse on that one. I think that's just you as a human being. Raising money is not. Uh, uh, I think it's pretty even, in my opinion. But then again, that's my experience. Okay. 
um, you you said earlier uh, that you have to have thick skin and you have to not care and you have to have uh, resilience and all that. And and I uh, I'm going to read to you uh, one of your quotes here. Rejection is a challenge to which you have to find a solution and be creative. I have gamified it. So how do you, what are your tricks and uh, tips uh, with, to share with others? So I've gamified now. You know, um, if I go and I say, I got this idea, want to hear me out? And they go, no, I don't like it. I, I, I go, okay. I get excited. I'm like, yeah. You know why I get excited? Because I start thinking, how am I going to convince this person? It becomes a challenge. <laughs> it becomes a game. You know, I know this mentality. I, you know, it, I, you know it, becomes, it becomes a way of saying, wait a minute. Okay, this guy doesn't believe in me. I'm going to make sure that he believes in me. And I'm going to make sure that he invests in me. And I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to return him his money. But I'm going to make him huge return on his investment. And I'm going to have him believe in me. It becomes a game. I mean, I can turn around and be like, okay, thank you and walk away. Or I can be like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And that's usually been my strategy, you know, and, and it's funny because in the States, when you're raising money, if you keep coming back, they look at you as like, wow, this is an entrepreneur. This is a go-getter. This is, this is somebody who doesn't take no for an answer. This is somebody that I want to give money to because this person is a go-getter. They're a fighter and they're a doer. Where I've noticed in the Middle East, if you do that, they're like, oof, you're desperate. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not desperate. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm supposed to do this. So there's interesting different cultural dynamics, right? One comes, one comes across as like, I got to give this person money. They, they knocked on my door 20 times, right? And the other one is like, oof, they're desperate. I don't want to give them any money. <laughs> so, uh- yeah, that's a that's a that's a, that's very funny actually, that's a uh, thing. and I, yeah, it's a cultural thing. I, I and as you said, like uh, Silicon Valley has has existed for many years, and uh, mm-hmm. they have a lot of giants to sit on, whereas uh, other ecosystems are still building the foundation. Do you see any like? I just want to say, if I had an entrepreneur banging down my door, I'd be like, "Damn, I, you you're my guy." You know, here they'd be like, "Oh my god," you know, so. I, I value relentlessness. I value somebody who's determined. I think it's a very important quality to have as an entrepreneur. Okay, so uh, people who are listening and raising money, so do, since you are a, an investor right now, so they can knock on your door over and over every day, you will give them eventually. Yes, and I'm, and I'm very straightforward. A lot of VCs, by the way, they don't give you a straight answer. Like I, you know, being an entrepreneur on the other side, I've, I've pitched VCs where they're like, well, we like it. Come back to us. They, they leave you in this limbo. I love this. Limbo, right. So as a, as, as a VC, I'm very straightforward. I'm like, look, this is, this is not in my realm of investment. You got to remember every VC invests in an industry. Like if I invest in biotech and only biotech and you come to me with a logistics play, it doesn't matter how many times you pitch me because my, my, my investment strategy is not in your space. So I tell a lot of entrepreneurs, do your homework. Do your homework and see what VCs invest in your space because not all VCs are going to invest in your space. So which industries do you, like, do you think it's successful there? Tech, logistics, um, you know, these are the kind of things that need disruption. 
and uh, when you, when you if you want to like if if you were now on stage and uh, a lot of uh, female uh, entrepreneurs were sitting in front of you uh, and are interested in scaling their business up in the MENA region what would your advice be to them well, I think my, my biggest advice would try to come up with something that is a global solution, not just a regional solution. Because if you want to get funding, you're going to have to solve problems that are, that are, that are you, you need to have the ability to expand. That's very important. You have to expand. So try to look at something that is going to get you the opportunity to grow, not just in the Middle East region, but beyond, because that's where you're going to get money. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you notice that some of the female founders in the MENA region think local more than uh, region or global? Did you, or is it like different in the Western world, do you think? Well, look, America is 300 million people. So if you go to the United States and you go to GoDaddy and you open up a web domain, boom, you're in business. Here in this region to reach 300 million, you have to hit six countries. You literally have to enter six countries. And you have to remember each country is another country. So you need a lawyer, you need, you know, to, you need a local partner, you need to set up all over again, a license. So in order to get to the same scale, you need to be in all these countries. And that's, that's, that's what you have to do to reach the scale. Okay. Yeah, that's a valid point. And uh, what's next for you? What are you doing these days then? So I'm raising a VC fund uh, to invest in um, a new generation of founders. So that's that's really where I am. I'm uh, looking to be on the other side of the fence. First, I used to raise money. Now I want to give money. <laughs> so, is, that a, is that a very different, uh, do you have to have a different mindset or the same joy effect works on both sides? Well, I'm, I'm hoping the joy effect works on both sides. Fingers crossed. That's a very American thing, right? <laughs> um, no. So it, it is the same kind of relentlessness, but uh, again, raising money, like I said in the beginning, is not easy. You know, either side of the table, raising money for a VC fund. Um, but yeah, I think there's a real opportunity to invest in some 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 globally focused startups. Okay, so you're not focused on uh, like one region. Um, no, 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 I'm not. And also, not necessarily only female founded startups. No. no. Okay. And what type of uh, level startups are you uh, looking into invest? Get can approach you. Um, I do love fintech in the states. Okay. <laughs> I love logistics. Okay. Uh, I love biotech. These, these are okay. my, and I love product. Okay. Okay. A very, very concrete example. So um, I'm sure some of our listeners are uh, uh, suitable or uh, fit into the profile that you're looking at as well. And is there like a, do you go in early stage or a later stage? I look for a minimal viable product uh, and I look for traction. So it's really frustrating sometimes because a lot of people Everybody calls themselves an entrepreneur these days, right? Somebody comes up to me and they're like, I'm an entrepreneur, I want to raise money. And I'm like, you know, I always give women the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you out. What do you got? And she's like, I've been making cupcakes in my kitchen for the last, you know, five years. I really love cupcakes. I want to do a cupcake business. I want to raise money for the cupcake business. Well, that's not a venture-backed business, you know? Um, you know, I had someone the other day say to me, I'm fixing cars, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do an app where I'm fixing cars. And I'm like, 
That's not a venture-backed business. So there's a lot of companies, a lot of people here in this region who are starting small businesses, but they're not they're not the type of businesses that a venture capitalist would invest in. Okay, I get your point. Okay, maybe one last question then. Um, I mean, the aim we're trying to do with these interviews or the conversations is that to inspire people to to take the leap and go ahead and expand or maybe even start a business uh, in in the region. Would you have like a, a final advice on what they should do and think before doing that first step? Well, just keep in mind that it's really, uh, being an entrepreneur is really hard and it, and it's a very lonely place to be, especially if your business takes off because you will eat, sleep, breathe, and, and inhale and drink your company 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it's a lonely place to be because it, that leaves you no room for personal. It leaves you no room for family and children and social life and relationships, it takes its toll on you. Uh, it takes its toll on your mental health. Nobody talks about mental health, but mental health is a big one. It, 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 it just crashes your, 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 mental, your mental capacity because you got to remember you're constantly raising money and you have all these people that you've hired, their lives are in your hands. So you go to bed every night with constant pressure. Am I going to be able to make payroll? Am I going to be able to, to make sure that all these people who took a chance to work with me are going to have jobs tomorrow? Because startups don't make money. So, you know, between three to five years, they usually don't make money and sometimes never. So you have to constantly be fundraising. And when you're fundraising, there's a lot of pressure because you got to build a company, hire good people, fight the competition. Uh, you got to, you know, come up with strategic uh, innovation um, you know, and then you got, it's just like you literally kiss your personal life and your life. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe just to end it on a, a little bit more positive. So maybe you, <laughs> you can, you can say, you can say something like that you did uh, okay. because the, men so, the mental health thing, we always speak about that. It's a lonely world out there, especially for entrepreneurs. So do you have like any thing that you have uh, used throughout okay. your journey that helped you? So I'm going to tell you that when it works, and you get the money and your company is doing well and your sales are increasing. There is no greater high on earth. <laughs> There's no greater happiness on earth than setting a goal and then hitting it and watching it grow. And, 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 and it makes all the pain that you went through worth it. It's, it's, it's all the suffering and all the, all the pain that you went through. You know, when you hit those points of, of, of success, it's it's also well worth it. Yeah, and that's a very nice way to end our conversation. I agree. Thank you for that positive spin. I mean, you have to be a little bit crazy, but also a lot about a positive attitude when you are an entrepreneur. And I can see why you have been successful because you have uh, both both of those uh, qualities. A little bit. Little uh, bit. You, you got to be a little bit. There isn't an entrepreneur who's not a little bit crazy because you have to be. But thank you so much for taking the time. And I hope I hope your I hope your audience is filled with crazy entrepreneurs with passion <laughs> and uh, a little bit nutsy because you got to be a little nutsy to to dive in on the deep end like this. So let's yeah, hope definitely. Let's hope they do. 
Next up, we interview Kate Budd, the co-founder of Now Money, about operating a fintech company in the UAE.